Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips, brought to you by the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. Today we've got Derek and Carter back on, and we're going to jump right into it. Derek, open us up with your uh, medical tip. Yeah, so uh, in the last couple of days, I've seen a uh, video floating around on uh, Instagram where this kid accidentally shoots himself, cop rolls up, and um, doesn't have a tourniquet. So the the AAR for this is like always have your medical gear ready, know where it's at and and where it's is and how to use it. So the the big thing is I know a lot of guys who yeah, they've got a truck bag, they've got their their tourniquet or their packing material in their bag that's hanging in the tree and they're away from. So what good does that do you at that point? Uh having that tourniquet set up to where you can reach it with either hand and it's ready to to be applied one-handed as well is a, uh, a huge thing and it takes no time to do and it weighs nothing. So you can keep that on your person at all times. And, and when you need a tourniquet is not the fucking time to be looking for a tourniquet. So that's, uh, that's the big takeaway. Take a little bit of time to, uh, prep yourself and it'll pay dividends in the long run. That's a really good point. Cause you know, I started carrying tourniquets in the truck, but in, in like a box, I have the bed on my truck, but you know, honestly, when you, like you said, when you need a tourniquet, you fucking need a tourniquet. I don't know how helpful it would be digging through that box in the back of my truck under all that stuff. Yeah. If and it's not as available as possible. And in your box in your truck is fine. If you're rolling up to an accident, you're the first, first person to roll up to an accident site. Like I know where it is. I'm next to my truck. I can grab that shit. No problem. I've got a bag in my truck that has, you know, first aid shit. I know where it's at. I know what's in there and I know how to use it. But if I'm in the backwoods somewhere, if I'm in a tree stand and that fucking tourniquet's in my truck, can I get to it before I bleed out? Like, I don't fucking know, you know, it just, and then at, at that point, now you have to think of using an improvised tourniquet, which will still work, but do you have the capabilities to do it? Are you, do you have the knowledge to do it? You know? So there's a lot of heartache that you can save yourself if you just buy a fucking tourniquet and put it on you. Yeah. What I try to think about it is, and it's just like in, in the army for us, Derek, it's, or, is you know it's, you have echelons of care so you've got like like the way it works for us is we carry a tourniquet that's our personal tourniquet okay that goes in like one of our pockets and then we, then you've got your ifact which is that's kind of for the next guy um and so you've got your self-care buddy care and then you go echelons above and so what i haven't do what i don't really do in the civilian life is actually carry a tourniquet on my person all the time and that's something i, I after watching some stuff and thinking about it, i really going to start trying to do you know i carry a knife a flashlight the pistol and I should probably have a tourniquet as well. Uh, I keep one in the door of my truck so that I like, if I need, like if I get into an accident and it's like right there where I can get to it. And then on the passenger side, there's a little, I've got a little, another little pocket that's on like the, the console. That, so a passenger could get to it. I could talk them through it. And then I could also get it. And I think about that with tourniquets, I have a bigger med kit, but I need to do a better job of being more deliberate. And then also something that I haven't done is like train my wife. Where is all this shit? You know, it's when we were at, we've got a pretty robust, uh, med kit that's out, like Evan put together, that's out at our hunting cabin and I've got tourniquets on all my hunting bags and all that shit. But what we never did and came together was, was like, talk about any contingencies, talk about any fucking like, Hey, uh, this is where the med kit is. You know, obviously we're going to scream for Derek because he's the fucking <laughs> actual trained medic that's out there, but I'm the little Dutch everybody, boy. I'll put my finger in that damn we had 12 dudes out there. Like it probably would have been a good thing to have everybody know where that med kit was and where tourniquets were and actually just do a check and see if everybody had at least a tourniquet. Cause 
it's unlikely, right? But with, with muzzle loaders, with archery equipment, I mean, it can happen. You can fall out of a tree stand and a broadhead goes through your leg and hits your femoral and you have seconds to, to figure that out. Like it's pretty unlikely, but it could happen. It's within, it's definitely within the realm of possibility. So this shit's really important. And that's why I love like having you on each week to talk about this medical stuff. Cause I think it gets really glossed over uh, on the preparedness and survival side of things because everybody wants to, you know, shoot, move, communicates like the cool thing and like the two a community and all that shit, but you're far more likely to come up on a fucking casualty than you are to actually get into a gunfight in the United States. True. Yeah. I'll jump right in with mine. Uh, so I want to talk about, it's that season. Carter actually mentioned it last week on the, his closing comments for the, uh, our Thursday episode and it's, it's application season. And so now's when everybody's got to start thinking, Hey, where am I going? What am I doing? Am I traveling? Am I not? Like, obviously your home state's going to be, you probably know your hunting uh, laws and regulations. And if you don't, if you're new to hunting, get on the website and read. I see so many guys on Facebook, on Instagram asking, like, I want to hunt, but I don't know where to get started. Well, like we live in the information age, get on Google, <laughs> like start there. Google this shit, like hunting in North Carolina, hunting in Georgia, hunting in Wyoming, and then go straight. Like you're going to find blogs and shit, but then go straight to the state agencies. So like, let's say I'll use my home, kind of my home state where I reside now, Colorado, uh, for instance. Um, don't come hunt here. It's terrible. But if you if you were, you wanted to come to Colorado, like start with the Colorado CPW. They have a brochure on hunting. Get that brochure. You can download it digitally. Print it out. I actually have a hard copy so you can highlight and read. And when I was in Georgia and I knew I was coming to Colorado, I printed that thing out, built a binder. I read through it four times before I ever I felt like I had an understanding and a grasp on what the system looked like. So from there, <clears throat> you understand the rules and the regulations, the timelines, how everything works for the draw. Now you need to figure out where you're going to hunt. So this is where you need to do some research and you can find stuff. There's a bunch of different services you can use. Eastman's Go Hunt. You know, these things have very broad strokes for specific units. And then narrow it down to a region. What part of the state do I want to go to? Okay, within that part of the state, where can I actually get a tag? Okay, based on draw statistics, that sort of thing. Now you look there, and then from there, that's how you just start to narrow down. You start at the macro, state, region, now unit, and now you need to have some contingencies on units. Okay, if this one doesn't work, it's these. So I know I'm applying for these three units. Ideally, you get you make sure you got to make one. You got to make sure there's enough public ground to actually hunt it. And then two, ideally you get out there and you can do some scouting before you actually hit the, hit, uh, you know, go hunt. But if not, you need to focus on e-scouting, utilizing base maps, Onyx, Google Earth, one of these programs where you can actually start scouting and understand the topography and look for possible habitat, build your route. How far do you want to go? Where do you think? And then, you know, if it looks like this is the primo spot and it's a mile and a half off the road, every other swing and dick is also thinking the exact same thing. So you need to fucking, you know, have some contingencies. If I pull up to this trail, this uh, trailhead and there's 15 trucks, I'm like, where else am I going? And then build your plan like that. So like, that would be the best way to like start your hunt out West or anywhere else. You got to build out several different COAs and contingencies. And then I would even look within the same unit, like totally different areas. I always have that where I have like pins here, here, and here. If I get there and there's no fresh sign, I don't just keep hunting a dead unit. I pull out and then I go and try to find some fresh sign. And then once you start seeing good shit, now, now you're in business and now you start working. And then obviously you got you to know the species you're hunting as well. So research and learn and just getting out there. You can't beat boots on the ground. So just do your, you just got to do your first one and then it'll get easier and easier from there. But I wouldn't rely on 
like Facebook and some of these groups, there are guys out there that are such dickheads that they will purposely give you bad units and put you in the wrong direction. And like, it's, it's an actual thing. Uh, people, it's funny. Uh, all my experiences with people online minus like one or two are really negative with hunting, but every single experience I've had with people on the ground in person are super positive. I've have had people give me waypoints where we found elk. I've had people like tell me like, Oh, we just saw some elk or we just saw a mule deer. Like, People in person are super cool. People online, kind of dickheads. They're just a, a fucking faceless person on online, though. So, like, there's no connection. You get in there, actually start talking with somebody, bullshit, and they see you're uh, a hunter that will actually get after it, then they're a little bit more apt to, I think, give you some information and uh, and help you along. Yeah, 100%. And my, my, my tip kind of overlaps or goes with Luke's a little bit, but with it being application season – like Luke was saying, don't go. The only thing I use Facebook for anymore is uh, hunting groups, hunting forums. You know, part of Montana and Wyoming and Colorado and Idaho. <laughs> I should probably start trimming the fat part of too many. But you get these guys who have never done a Western hunt before, go on there and are just uh, make a post and are looking for all the answers. This is the tag you need. This is the area you need to hunt. Don't be that guy. This information is too widely available. Right. Every. Uh, Game and fish uh, website out there is phenomenal with the exception of Montana, which is convoluted and hard to understand for non-residents. Um, but Colorado, Wyoming, South Dakota, Kansas, New Mexico, Arizona, they all have great websites that are user-friendly. And a lot of them even have uh, applications within the website where you can plan a hunt, right? And they make finding the draw statistics, the draw odds, the tag allocations, uh, harvest statistics, all of those are so easy and so readily available. So your first step, is, if you want to go out on a Western hunt, is you need to dive into those numbers uh, before you just start posting, asking asking for handouts, right? And I've been, I've been crushed <laughs> by some guys on those Facebook forums before, you know, trying to ask and pick people's brains, you know, and people think you're asking for, you know, waypoints or whatever. So it can be a bit counterproductive or a, or a bit daunting, but don't, don't let that be your expectation. You need to decide what your strategy is. If you, if you want to hunt, uh, you know, bighorn sheep in your life, you need to start researching five years ago and figuring out what your best opportunity is. Okay. Once I realized I wasn't going to draw bighorn sheep in Colorado for, you know, 18 years with point creep, probably 25 years, I stopped applying there. Took that off the took that off the table. Okay, so you need to decide what species you want to hunt and narrow in from that, and then start figuring out what kind of states you can then uh, apply and start building in. Okay, the immediate thing you can do, kind of like Luke, Luke was saying, what what can you do right now? Once you decide what you want to hunt, uh, you need to first find out when the application dates open for these different states. Okay, so right now, Cardi cut it, out. Damn again. You're on that Derek internet, aren't you? Hey, fuck you. I'm on good internet right now. All right, well, I'll just jump in while Carter works on his uh, fuck. issues here. Exactly what, what uh, Carter is talking about is, you know, asking questions is okay. But if, if you're asking questions that the information is very readily accessible and you're, or you're asking questions for like a lot of the, like think about it from the perspective of somebody. So like just myself, right? You know, I haven't done a ton of Western hunting. I've been out here for two years. I've hunted pretty hard during those two years. And 
I've spent a decent amount of money on tags. You know, it's in the thousands of dollars hunting different states out West. Definitely gear, time away from my family, time like taking my paid time off to go do these hunts. There's a level of investment that I've put in to like hunt these areas, scout these areas, get out there, not to mention the sweat equity and everything else. And so for somebody who's never done any of that, to just come out here and just ask for all the answers, to hit the easy button, I'm not one to really take it that way, but you can see why some people look at it and they're just like, fuck this guy. And so definitely like understand the bigger picture of what goes into all this stuff. And then before you ask these questions and like, you know, if you want to hit the easy button, like don't do a DIY hunt, go do a guided hunt and that you're paying them for that information, for that service. And you're going to shorten the knowledge gap, but don't like say, I'm going to do DIY and then try to ask everybody for all the answers all the time. Trying to get some, some advice and and gear and tips and areas, (coughs) excuse me, is, is, is okay, but don't hit the fucking easy button. Uh, I want to do a shout out for the, our, our Facebook page. It's not very big. You know, I think it's about 250, but it's the hunt, lift, eat forum. And that's why I created it was because I got tired of seeing, I actually left a bunch of hunting groups because I got tired of seeing all the bickering and shitting on new hunters and all this stuff. And so, you know, that's a place for you to get on, share, ask questions, whatever. And then, you know, even if you're going to get a bunch of people that aren't on our team and then obviously our team members are all over it. And so you can talk to us directly and we're not going to shit on you. Like, you know, I'm not going to give you specific areas to go to for the most part, but I'll tell you like, Hey, this is what I would do. This is some tips. This is how to do this. I know, you know, everybody on the team would do the same and we've got a wide, you know, different set of experiences, but yeah, Carl, that was a, that's a good tip, man. Are you back on audio wise? No. Yeah, and, right. and we're not saying that you shouldn't ask questions, but getting more specific with your questions, doing a little bit of research beforehand and understanding the rules where some areas that you might want to hit up and then maybe getting some advice from people that have already done it. That's fine. But if you're just coming in there looking for somebody to hold your hand and walk you through the process, then that's the wrong fucking answer. Yeah, I'll do that, but you're going to have to pay me, you know, like that's the whole, that's the whole thing. Uh, that's, that's cause you're one big old whore. hundred percent. I mean, you came out this last year, your boys bailed, so it was just you, OTC, Colorado, semi-backcountry hunt, which is in a cold part of the fucking year, and you got skunked. But how much did you learn, and how much is going to be different when you try to do your next Western hunt? Oh, it'll be night and day, dude. Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, your first year, if you if you kill something, like, it's, it's damn near probably just luck. I mean, and a lot of hunting is, you just right place, right time, right? Like a, a shitty hunter can kill a nice animal. Ask, ask my little brother, James. Um, but you can't kill him from the couch. So you got to be out there. So it is possible. But if you're, if you're going out on an OTC tag in any state over the counter, like any Western state, like everybody else can do that. So you're going to be fighting the hunters as much as you are anything else. And your odds of success are probably pretty low. Cause like what you got to think about is one there's the environmental effects. There's the, you know, the actual patterns and shit that the animals are doing, especially on a migratory animal like elk. And then you got to think about what ev- all the hunting pressure in every season prior to you has done. And people don't think about that. They're like, I'm doing this. They're going to be here and they don't see an animal. And they're going to, and also like expectation management and realism on the length of your hunt. Saying I'm going to spend 10 days straight in the backcountry on my first elk hunt is silly. There are very few people who are going to do that. And I tell people this all the time because it's everybody. I'm going to do 10 days. 
even if you're a hard crack, because I mean, Derek, I think that was your initial plan. What I told you was like, hey, do five and five. Plan a reset zero day where you sleep in a bed, get a shower, and just fuck off and rest. And just help reset. And, you know, you've obviously got a background that would, you know, I know you, you're mentally tough enough to where you, you, you could do the 10 days. But it's just, at some point, you're just out there to be out there instead of in, enjoying the experience. Now, if you build up the expiration, you know, the experiential uh, you know, bank to where you know you can do it, then go out and do the 10 day hunt. It's badass, but that's that's a long people don't really that's a long time in the backcountry, dude. I got to like day four being by myself, and I was like, This is it's cool that I'm out here and I love the mountains and shit. But like, it'd be fucking nice to have somebody to talk to. Yeah, my ideal hunt is have a camp with a bunch of guys and then I'm hunting by myself. That's, I mean, I think if Carter was on here, he could definitely jump in and attest to that. I, I don't like hunting as much. It has to be the right partner for me. And it's nothing against the person. It just has to be the right fit for me to like want to spend the time. Cause like I hate having to like, if I see, I have a plan in my head, I hate having to like negotiate or change it or whatever. Like if I, I know if I want to do something, that's what I want to go do. That's why I like solo hunting. But four or five days alone, it's, it'll fuck with your head. Yeah. Fucking, I was. Just out there talking to trees at one point, like, dude, how's your day? Mine sucks because I haven't seen any fucking animals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I legitimately talk to myself uh, when I'm out when I'm out there too, at least in my head, sometimes out loud. But we, we don't need to get into that. But yeah, we'll just wrap this one up. I don't think Carter's gonna be able to jump back on. Nah, but not look that way. Yeah, he just said his internet's out. So yeah. Uh, Quick recap, make sure you're deliberate with your placement of your medical gear, both in your day-to-day life and when you're hunting in the backcountry or hunting, period. Um, a tourniquet is one of those things that you probably won't need, but you damn sure want it when you have it. And I hear a lot of people say, well, I'll just make one. Uh, the great thing about a cat tourniquet is you can do it one-handed and you can do it to yourself very easily. Trying to do a tourniquet on yourself with a field expedient tourniquet is going to be very difficult. And if you have a really yes. thick, broad belt, good fucking luck. You're going to have to be a strong guy to get that thing cranked tight enough. It's just not very realistic. So it's worth the four ounces that a cat tourniquet weighs in and the, the 15 bucks you got to spend dollars, on yeah. yeah. You can get them used from a surplus store, like in great condition for- Hold on, not, hold on. Do not, not buy a bucks. used tourniquet. <laughs> I don't mean like- No, you can buy You can buy the- There's a bunch of surplus ones. They hand them to us in the army like candy. You can buy them in wrappers yes. at a surplus store. Don't buy one that was like used to fucking- stitch somebody up but okay. just inspect them make sure it's serviceable make sure all the straps the velcro everything's good and then run it but yeah i agree and carter or uh, derek might be right maybe just spend the extra 10 bucks and buy a new one and then i'm not going to go back through all the application stuff but just be deliberate and do the research on your own start at the macro pick your state pick your region pick your unit and then build contingencies along that unit for places to go best case scenario boots on the ground scouting if you can't get in there all right Now focus on your e-scouting.